أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب تحريم ابتداء الكافر بالسلام وكيفية الرد عليهم واستحباب السلام على أهل مجلس فيهم مسلمون وكفار the chapter regarding the prohibition of initially greeting uh, a kafir with salam and if they greet you with salam, how to reply to them and the recommendation of saying salam to a gathering in which there are both Muslims and people of other faiths. عن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا تبدأوا اليهود ولا النصارى بالسلام فإذا لقيتم أحدهم في طريق فاضطروه إلى الديقه رواه مسلم سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه uh, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Do not uh, begin your greeting or do not greet uh, the people of uh, uh, other religions, the Jews and the Christians, with salam. Uh, this is obviously probably not super PC. Like, what are you saying? They're not human beings. No, that's not what we're saying. What are you saying? We should treat them poorly. Why can't we say salam to them? Look, this is a divinely revealed uh, religion and a divinely revealed sacred law. And we follow it. And people who are going to be haters and are going to have problems with it, um, what, does that, what does that mean? That means they're going to have problems with whatever we do or whatever we say. Because there's a set of people who are going to be like, okay, that's your religion, you practice your religion, and they're okay with that. From amongst non-Muslims, people of other faiths. Um, and then there's going to be a set of people who will always have problems, no matter what you say. And the sad part is that, unfortunately, now there's a type of Muslim, there's a type of Muslim who is kind of legacy grandfathered in. You know, like grandfathered in, like you, you had a, a, a Verizon account with unlimited data. And then Verizon got rid of unlimited data, but you're grandfathered in. I guess they brought it back now, so it's not a very apt analogy, but, you know, assuming they didn't. Some people are grandfathered in, in the sense that they're born into a family or they're somehow or another, like, legacied into the dean. And uh, they don't have the conviction or the, 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 the honesty with themselves to leave. Or they may not even understand whether they believe it or not. And this is something very interesting. I mean, people struggle with their faith. Um, that's what the definition of nifaq is. In the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, it comes in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam that munkar and nakir, the two angels that question a person in their grave when they enter into their grave, they'll ask them, who is your God? What is your deen? And uh, uh, what do you say about this person? And they'll be shown somehow the Prophet ﷺ in the way that they recognize him. And the believer will answer correctly, and the disbeliever will answer incorrectly. 
and it comes in a narration that the the munafiq, the hypocrite, will say, I don't know, I just used to say what other people said. I don't know, I just used to say what other people said. Now, this is a majlis of khawas. This is not like the Jummah khutbah where everybody's sitting here. So, generally speaking, as a matter of hikmah, we don't, like, blast this out. Because then what's going to happen, half the people in the masjid, or three-quarters of the people in the masjid that have these doubts, they'll be like, oh, what, Shaykh is saying I'm not a Muslim? That's bogus, I'm out of here. Or maybe I'm not a Muslim. Which is not the point of saying these things. But you have to understand, the knowledge is one thing. It should be understood in its pure form by the people of knowledge. And then the PR of how you're going to distribute that knowledge is a different thing, right? There's a wholesale approach, which is the approach of the ulama, and then there's the retail approach, which is the approach of the du'at, right? Customer service and all of these things, you know, how to make the pitch and make the sale. From the ilmi level, we understand that if a person doesn't have conviction in the deen, and they're just going with the flow, then that person hasn't entered iman yet. You understand what I'm saying? That person hasn't entered Iman yet. Now, if someone hears this and they're like, Oh my God, I have doubts about stuff. Does that mean I'm not a Muslim? The answer is, if you have enough conviction to know that this is where you should be, this deen is where you should be and what you should be doing, then inshallah, if you were to die right now, it should be, one would hope it's accepted as Iman. However, it's required, it's fard on you, just like fard to pray and fard to fast, if not more than that. It's required for you to keep inquiring, keep inquiring until you make a decision, is this true or is this not true? This is a requirement on people. And people put this on the back burner and Yom Al-Qiyamah, they'll be like, Ya Allah, you know, I needed to become a doctor and I needed to buy a Tesla and I needed to do this and that and the other thing. And you'll, you know, Allah Ta'ala, you know, does he even have to ask you anything? You knew you were going to die. You knew you were going to go somewhere with all of this. You knew that Allah Ta'ala is more important than all this other stuff. You knew that your Tesla is not going to give you salvation or eternal life. You know your, 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 you know the American Medical Journal that you get your uh, articles published in or the whatever uh, colonoscopy equipment that you put inside of people to see if they're like, you know, whatever is, is functioning cor- correctly. You knew that that's not going to give you salvation. The only one who's going to give you salvation, the one you're going to return to and have to abide with forever is Allah Ta'ala. So those excuses, they may seem very attractive or reasonable in this dunya, but they'll seem very stupid on that day. Uh, uh, so a person should go and inquire about stuff. Um, we don't have a deen like that of the, the, the Nasara, that we believe in some sort of sacred mystery and it's impiety to ask about things or you shouldn't inquire about things. You should ask about all of these things until it becomes clear to you that this is the haq or that you make some other claim. And I'm very, I'm very uh, open with saying this. And I'm very confident saying this because I think that if a person has like half of a brain and they're honest about their inquiry, they will come back with uh, answers from the deen that there's truth there they didn't know existed. There are many people who attend the masjid and they, you know, mashallah, award-winning hijab, award-winning beard, uh, beard cream model level of beard. And, uh, uh, you know, going on jamaat and going on hajj and studying and some of them are hafaz and some of them are this and that. But the basic elements of faith, you don't know them. That's a problem. So unfortunately, coming back, walking back to where we, where, where we kind of launched this tangent from, 
is that there are some people, they're not going to be happy whatever you tell them. Some of them are even Muslims. They'll just be like this, why is this this way, why is this that way, the other thing. It's not gonna, they're not going to make them happy one way or the other. The reason, uh, uh, the reason is what? Is that salam is the greeting of people of Jannah. And so the people, those beings and those entities that don't reside in Jannah forever, they don't receive the, the greeting of salam. Salam al-qawlam min rabbi rahim. That this is a na'im and ridwan of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you, is that what? You will, salam will be said as, a, as an utterance, a word from, from, from a merciful Lord. And so the person who worships other than Allah Ta'ala or the person who rejects Allah Ta'ala's nabis, that person won't be there. So, what we're, so you're saying we're going to hellfire, that's horrible. Well, if you don't believe that hell exists or you don't believe that the things that the Prophet ﷺ is saying is true, i.e. you're not a Muslim, then why are you offended? Don't be offended about it, that's fine. We don't believe in your religion, you probably believe we're going to hell. And if you believe we're going to heaven, we don't believe that anyway. We don't believe that your source of truth is correct anyway, right? But we get along in this world. You don't have to get into fistfights with people or whatever. It's just like, fine, this is a ritual practice we hold between ourselves. Some of the people who are not Muslims, they can, they can get that. They're like, whatever, that's cool. And some people will always have a problem. You can tell them everything, anything, until you're blue in the face. One plus one equals two, they'll always have a problem. Some Muslims, unfortunately, they'll always have a problem with it as well. And uh, 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 that's, you know, um, Hazrat Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala has an entire essay about this, that there's a, a, a certain uh, uh, disposition of a person who will always have objections to the deen uh, from within the deen. And generally those are the people who are, who are brought up far away from its uh, customs and practices, but their Islam is uh, khandani, it's like a, a legacy they receive through, through the generations, it's in their name. It's in their customs. Obviously, if you're, you know, all your cousins, when they got married, you know, the bride was wearing red and the groom, you know, came in on a horse and had this like weird frilly gold, like, I don't even know what the hell that thing is. And it's all made out of money and stuff like that. You're like, yo, I want that weird frilly thing with the made out of money too, you know? Uh, I want to wear red on my wedding also because my mom's picture from her wedding was red and, you know, that's what I wanted. But as far as the dean and the conviction, the practice of all those things, they never received it. Uh, but our approach should not necessarily to be go around and tell people, oh, you this, oh, you that. And actually, to be honest with you, this describes most of us sitting in the room right now anyway. Uh, 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 and if it doesn't, it's only by the grace of Allah Ta'ala. It described us at some point or another. But uh, the point is not to go around and like give other people a hard time to joust other people on this issue. If you know someone who that fits the, their description, then use your hikmah, inshallah, to walk them slowly back to the deen. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, part of the love and mercy of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Uh, but at the same time, if, if, you know, if a person finds themselves like just constantly like everything, they can't accept it all the time and whatever, and they find themselves in this position that, hey, yeah, you know, this is kind of a legacy thing, you know, do, do yourself a favor, okay? Either if you just figure it out. If this thing is the haqq, then follow it so that you can benefit from it in the next world. That your hadh from Islam is more than getting idi uh, twice a year, and your had from Islam is more than, uh, uh, you know, having, having your, uh, uh, whatever, uh, an uncle announce your janazah uh, one day, that you actually re- receive salvation through it. And on the flip side, if you're like, oh yeah, uh, none of this stuff makes sense, and I think eating pork and committing zina is like the way forward and all this other stuff, if you're convinced of that, like, you know, without a doubt, then why bother yourself uh, getting harassed in the TSA line every time you go to the airport? Just, you know, do something else. Now, I say that with great confidence that a person who actually, you know, again, has half a brain that they'll, and they're, they're, they're uh, you know, unbiased and they're, ex- you know, they're uh, looking into this and they go to the right people to ask, 
that they'll they'll get good answers inshallah but uh you know when you're in the middle you kind of get you kind of get hit from both sides both in this world and the hereafter the munafiqeen are in darakal asfali min nar they're in the lowest the lowest rank of the the the, the people of the hellfire will iyadu billah allah ta'ala protect us from being there so the salam is a greeting for the people who abide forever in jannah that's why we don't say salam to cats and dogs even though our aqidah is that not that they're going to the hellfire but they're not they're not from the they're not from the the ones allah ta'ala created jannah for salam is for who is for the angels and it's for the believers it's for who? It's for the angels and it's for the believers. So the reason we don't give salam to the Jews is because they, they didn't accept the Prophet ﷺ. Why? Because this is our iman that whoever doesn't accept part of the message, it's as if they didn't accept the entire thing. And we don't say it to the Christians. Why? Because they, they worship a God other than Allah Ta'ala. And they said that, 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 that God who is uh, that there's no one like unto him they believe that no God could be f- made from the physical earth, uh, which we, 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 don't, we don't accept that. We don't accept that. Uh, and uh, so we don't say salam to them. Still, be a good neighbor, you know, help people out when they're sick, visit them when they're sick, help them out, help them take the, shovel the snow from their driveway, all that other jazz. But, uh, you know, our aqidah is what? That you're not people, you're not the Ahlul Salam, so we don't give it to you. And you don't believe in our religion either. We don't take it personally. Uh, 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 that's fine as well, you know. Uh, 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 in this world, you know, lakum dinukum waliyadin. So don't begin salam with them. Uh, um, and one said, Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ida sallam alaykum. Ahlul Kitabi Fakulu Walaikum Muttafakun Alehi. Sayyidina Anas ibn Malikin Radiullah Ta'ala who narrates that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, if one of the Ahlul Kitab, one of the Christians or the Jews, they say Salamu Alaikum to you, then reply to them Wa Alaikum. Don't reply with Wa Alaikum Salam, rather reply to them with Wa Alaikum. There's a number of reasons for this. Uh, one of the reasons is that some of the Jews in Medina Munawwara, a'udhu billah, in order to mock the Prophet sallallahu because this greeting of salam is um, not just masnoon in our sharia, but sharia min qablina. It's a, it's a masnoon greeting of the prophets. So the Jews know about this greeting. Uh, they, say, they say also, shalom alaykum, means salamu alaykum, right? The sheen becomes a sheen, the calf becomes a kha, etc., but it's the same, essentially, salamu alaykum as well. Um, so if one of them says that to you, say wa alaykum, the Jews, in order to mock the Prophet wasallam, instead of saying assalamu alaykum to the Prophet wasallam, he would just say alayhi salatu wasalam, uh, or so they would say to him, instead of salamu alaykum, they said assalamu alaykum. Sam, sam in, in, in Arabic means what? It means death. So it was just like a mean thing to say. So it, it, they would say it sometimes in such a way it was uh, indistinguishable what, what they meant. Like they're, mess, they're trying to mess with him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And some people are like that. Some people, people speak really fast and they're light on their, uh, on their consonants. Sometimes you, people say, but the thing is, right, if it's your auntie, right, she's probably not wishing you death, hopefully. You know, if she wanted to kill you, you know, you were over for dinner last night and like the whatever, 
the knife she cuts the bindi with would have gotten the job done real easy. You know, you wouldn't have seen it coming. So you can assume that that's not what, what, what they meant. Uh, whereas some of them, they would just mess with, with the Prophet ﷺ in such a way that, that, that it wasn't known what, what was meant. And so this is the inauguration of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that when, uh, uh, when they would say, Salamu alaykum or Assalamu alaykum or whatever ambiguous thing in the middle, he would just say, Wa alaykum. And this happens sometimes, uh, uh, um, like a co-worker or a neighbor or something, mashallah, they're trying to be like culturally sensitive and stuff like that. You don't need to give them a sharia lesson. You know, they're trying to be nice. It's a time when they could be like mean and get away with it. And they're trying to be nice. You don't have to be like, no, you're not a Muslim. So don't say salam to me. This is not the other thing. What's the sunnah? Is what? Say wa alaikum. They don't know. They don't know what does it mean? What is the story behind it? Whatever. It's a polite way of just saying it. Move on. If they meant khair and they meant good, inshallah, they'll receive some benefit from it too. Because the wa alaikum will be accepted by Allah Ta'ala as well. And if they meant uh, uh, if they meant ill, then it will come on their heads, and this is the 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 the, w- the way to get through this uh, this thing. You have people, you have you had people come up to you and just say salam alaykum. Non-Muslim say salam alaykum to you before, right? Have you? Yeah, I mean, it happens every you know it happens. People are you know they're just trying to be culturally sensitive and all that all that good stuff. Mashallah. Just say wa alaykum. Inshallah, if they meant khair from it, Inshallah, Allah Taala give them khair for it. One. أسامة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مر على مجلس فيه أخلاط من المسلمين والمشركين عبدة الأوثان واليهود فسلم عليهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم متفق عليه It's a hadith of Bukhari and Muslim from Sayyidina Usama bin Zayd رضي الله تعالى عنه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed by a gathering, a mixed gathering of people who were Muslims and people who were idol worshippers uh, from the mushrikeen and from the polytheists and, and Jews and the Prophet ﷺ said salamu alaykum to all of them. He didn't be like, oh, you salam, you salam, you salam, and you, hi. You know? <coughs> you just make intention for the, 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 the Muslims inshallah and then that's fine. Babu istihbab salami idha qama min al-majlisi wa faraqa julasa'ahu aw jalisahu. The chapter regarding the recommendation of saying salam when a person leaves a gathering uh, and uh, uh, um, separates from uh, those he was sitting with or the one he was sitting with. Uh, which brings up another very simple uh, but oftentimes overlooked point uh, by many people that saying assalamu alaikum is both a greeting and it's also a parting. Okay? Khudafiz is not a sunnah. And even more annoyingly, Allah Hafiz is not a sunnah either. There are people who don't say Khuda Hafiz. Khuda Hafiz is like the traditional, like whatever Persian uh, 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 slash Desi way of like parting. They say, God, may God be your protector, which is a nice dua. You can say it if you want to, just say salam afterward. You can say it, there's nothing wrong with saying it. And then there's some people say, no, Allah Hafiz, because Allah is the name of God, and Khuda could mean a number of gods. Well, not necessarily. Nobody has used the, the word Khuda to mean anyone other than Allah Ta'ala, essentially, since like the conquest of the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So that's not really a point. And the idea that a person thinks that one using one word in something which is essentially a bid'ah is better than the other word is a person who just doesn't know their right from their left. So I don't know. I find it very strange how some like, 
like, uh, uh, you know, chain email, Facebook post type Muslims. <laughs> they read things like this and then their whole iman is like invested in these things. Like, no, Allah is not Khudafiz. I just say salam, okay? Just say salam. That being said, if a person says Khudafiz and they say salam as well, that's not, I wouldn't consider that a bid'ah. It's just a dua that people give to one another. The custom isn't bad in and of itself, but to use it as a replacement for, uh, a replacement for saying salam, uh, or, or to assume that it's somehow part of the deen and someone who doesn't do it is impious or whatever is, is wrong. Uh, but uh, even, even, you know, not to let our, uh, uh, let our other people off the hook so quickly, even to say ma'as-salama, which is the custom of many, it's a custom in, in, in uh, many colloquial dialects of Arabic, it's better in the sense that the word salam is there, but salama is similar to salam, but it's different. And it's not the wording that the Prophet ﷺ used. What's the wording the Prophet ﷺ used? Assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There's more blessings in that. When say, Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iza antaha ahadukum ila al-majlisi falyusallim, Fa'idha arada in yaquma falyusallim, Fa'laysat al Sayyidina Abu Huraira said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said uh, um, if one of you uh, um, goes to uh, 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 to a gathering let them say salam and when one of you wishes to leave from a gathering, let them say salam and know that the first salam is, has, it has no more right than the second, meaning both of them are equally, equally uh, uh, the right of the people you're sitting with. So assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. It is equally uh, uh, masnoon as a greeting as well as, a, as, uh, as parting words, as parting words. Sorry, Khudafiz. Babu Sti'dhani wa Adabihi. Qala Ta'ala, Ya Iyuhaladina Amanu Lata Dhulu Buyutan Gera Buyutikum Hata Testanisu, wa Tusalimu Ala Ahliha. Wa Qala Ta'ala, Wa Ida Balagal at Falu Minkumul Huluma, Fel Yastadinu Kamasta then a Ladina Min Kablihim. This is a chapter regarding seeking permission to enter. And uh, the etiquettes thereof. Allah Most High said, O you who believe, do not enter houses that are not your house until you, uh, uh, um, until you're uh, brought close, to, uh, until you're brought close, until you're uh, uh, given permission to enter. And do not, uh, 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 until you're given permission to enter and you've said salam to the people who live in that house. And Allah Most High said, that the children amongst you, are you listening children? So Allah is talking to you now. Hello? You listening? Okay. That the children amongst you, once they grow up, so remember for when you grow up, okay? When you become adults. Uh, that you, the children, once they grow up, uh, meaning once they hit the age of uh, maturity, let them seek, uh, uh, let them seek permission to enter. Uh, like the elders before them, once they grew up, they sought permission to enter. Meaning what? Don't just barge into places. And this is not, by the way, this is not just for a house, because a house has an outside door, 
This is for like the rooms of, of the house. You want to go in your room, you know, knock yourself out. Blast the door open and jump onto your bed, dive bomb onto your bed, no problem. Okay? If it's someone else's room, your brother's room, your sister's room, whatever, um, knock. Seek permission. Even if you have permission to enter, knock. Always knock before going in. So there's like two different like philosophies with regards to this. Some people are, and this is classically the way like Europeans used to think in the pre-modern era. Well, why should I have to knock? If someone's not doing anything bad, then they shouldn't really care, right? Well, uh, just knock, okay? Because then you'll see something you didn't want to see. What's the point? doesn't benefit you. doesn't benefit that person. What's, you know, Allah Ta'ala sattar. This is a sifa of Allah Ta'ala. It's one of his attributes, his beautiful attributes that what? People do stuff. He covers it over, you know, because Allah is the only one who's perfect. Everybody else has all this like weird messed up weird stuff about them you don't want you don't want other people to know you barely don't want to know it yourself about yourself you definitely don't want nobody else to know it and other people knowing your embarrassing things doesn't help right that's why we don't tell we don't tell like embarrassing stuff about each other right if someone does something embarrassing or whatever you just kind of like keep it to yourself uh, unless it has to do with the right of another person so if someone's like oh i'm gonna go kill your baba okay then you can call me and tell me but if it's like something personal then you don't, you don't tell like, you know, your friends or your teachers or whatever. You don't tell embarrassing things about other people. Unless it has to do with the right, rights of others. So, yeah, we, we totally believe in privacy. If you barge in on somebody and you see something or you're like f- checking through their phone history or, you're, you know, you're uh, looking through their closet and their stuff or you're looking through their, you know, weird things like your bathroom. Who would think like, you know, whatever... You know, someone's, you use someone, the bathroom at somebody's house, right? It's a place a person is very comfortable. So maybe there's, I don't know, something they didn't, you know, clean it properly or something left out. All kinds of different places. Don't look left and right. Just do what you need to do and leave. Don't look for, look for problems. Don't scrutinize these, scrutinize, you know, uh, different details and things like that. Just do what you need to do and move on. This idea, well, if they have nothing to hide, what's the big deal? The idea is, okay, from the get-go, we all have a lot to hide. We all have a lot to hide. Whoever claims they have nothing to hide, that person is like either a moron or lying, and oftentimes both, seldom neither. So, uh, you know, and there's exceptions to this. So, like, when's a time to tell, like, an embarrassing thing about another person? Like, if you're bearing witness in court or if somebody asks you about, like, okay, I want to marry my daughter to this man or whatever. Those are exceptions, but generally speaking, we don't, we don't, uh, uh, we don't look for those types of details and scrutinize. The idea is everyone has something to hide, and uh, it's just part of adab that we present, one another, present ourselves in front of one another and should be able to present in front of one another in a, in a good way. So always knock. So the out, the knock. If you knock on somebody's door, right? He's going to talk about the the adab of it, right? Uh, so we'll just talk about that in a minute. وعن سيدنا أبي موسى الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الاستئذان ثلاث فإن أذن لك وإلا فرجع متفق عليه سيدنا أبو موسى الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, when seeking permission to enter, do so three times. And in that, if you get permission, then enter. And if not, don't knock again. Just go, go, back, go back home.
Maybe someone is occupied doing something like very personal. You're not going to be like, hey, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm taking a dump. Or, you know, you're not going to. Stuff for that, right? See, that was even bad just to say, even hypothetically, in, in Darst. And we're actually talking about fiqh. And people are like, oh my God, how can we say that, right? Well, imagine if someone was actually doing something like that. Then you don't want them to have to say it at that point, right? So, mashallah, I, I took the fall this one time to save, you know, 100 people from having to be in that weird position. Just. Just uh, uh, seek permission three times if you, don't get, if you don't get permission. So then, you know, you can be judicious. You can knock and wait five minutes and knock. But after the third time, if you don't get permission, go back. Sometimes you, you're not in a position or you don't want to see people or whatever. And it's just annoying. Like the person is... And they're... It's like, man, just get a hint and get lost. Like, what's, what's your problem? You know, can't you... Don't you know how to do email or whatever, right? Like... Three times and then and then go back. This is the teachings. This is the teachings of of, of Wahi. This is this is the teachings of, of revelation. When Sayyidina Sahlan ibn Sa'din, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, innama ju'ila listi'dhanu min ajlil basar. Sayyidina Sahl bin Sa'd al-Sa'idi, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the only reason for uh, uh, that for the for the legislation of seeking permission before entering is what is just so that a person doesn't see something that that they shouldn't see. It's because of the eyesight. It's because of the vision. Because you you might see something that person doesn't want you to see, or you may see something you don't want to see. أنه استأذن على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو في بيت فقال أألجوا فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لخادمه أخرج إلى هذا فعلمه الاستئذان فقل له قل السلام عليكم أأدخلوا فسمعه الرجل فقال السلام عليكم أأدخلوا فأذن له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فدخل رواه أبو داودا so Rib'i ibn Hirash radiallahu ta'ala who is one of the Rahimahullah ta'ala is one of the uh, uh, um, one of the uh, the tabi'een and he's a solid hadith narrator um, and he he said that uh, a man for Banu Amir, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he said that he uh, uh, um, once asked the Prophet ﷺ uh, if he can enter. So one might wonder that the name of the person who, who, from Banu Amir who asked this question is not being named. Why is that? Uh, and what effect does it have on the validity of the hadith? Um, generally, if a hadith narrator is, narrator is upright, um, uh, 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 to a certain degree, then the muhaddithin will accept that, that they're not naming that person for a purpose. Sometimes some of these people then, you know, like they become politically, they have political adversaries. Sometimes there's something embarrassing mentioned in the hadith that, that people don't want to... Uh, 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 um, 
uh, want to know who it is. And at any rate, if the person is a Sahabi, it's part of the Aqidah of the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah that all of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, not that they're infallible. We don't believe that they're infallible. It's possible for them to commit sins and make mistakes. But we believe that they're, they're pe- the people who saw the Prophet ﷺ and believed in him, they, that they would never lie about the deen. They may commit sins and things like that, but they're not people who, who lied about the deen. And this is because of the Prophet ﷺ's repeated, uh, repeated thana and, and praise of his companions and because of the praise of the companions of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ in the Qur'an as well, as, for, as, well as for a number of other reasons. So he says, there was a man from Banu Amir, Obviously, he's a companion of the Prophet ﷺ because he's mentioning in this story that he met with and interacted with Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ. That a man from Banu Amir, he, uh, uh, um, he went to one of the houses of the Prophet ﷺ. Here the word house means room. He had rooms that opened up into the masjid. Each of the Ummahatul Mu'mineen was in a different room. He had actually no room to himself. All of his houses ﷺ were essentially just rooms where his wives lived that were connected to the masjid. So he was in one of those rooms, and the person says, "Ali Jew, can I, you know, can I uh, come in?" So the Prophet ﷺ said to one of the people who was uh, doing his khidmah, one of the servants who was helping him out, "Can you please go out to this person and teach him the proper way of the proper way of seeking permission to enter, uh, and tell him, say, Assalamu alaikum, can I enter?'" Uh, and uh, uh, the the man from Banu Amir he heard this because the, there's no there was no door it was just a curtain basically so he heard this and so he he himself after hearing this he said Assalamu alaikum shall I enter or can I enter and the messenger of Allah sallallahu gave him permission and he entered uh, and and this is also a proof you know that that this is not I mean this wasn't Rasulullah sallallahu being picky. You know, or being a stickler for for protocol. This is also this is this is actually this is a part of wahi that there are two ayat that 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 that, that explain it, and that he also m- taught people how to do it and insisted that they abided by it. this. Is part of our sharia, uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit in that. And people who barge into doors will realize why they should knock shortly after barging in. وَأَنْ كِلْدَتَ إِبْنِ الْحَنْبَلِ رضي الله تعالى عنه قال أتيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فدخلت عليه ولم أسلم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مرجع فقل السلام عليكم أدخلوا رواه أبو داود والترمذي وقال حديث حسن a similar hadith that, that Sayyidina, Sayyidina Kilda Ibn al-Hanbal radiallahu ta'ala anhu he said I once came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I uh, entered I entered uh, upon him and I didn't say salam I just walked in and I didn't say salam so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says go back say assalamu alaykum can I come in uh, uh, also again that it was one of the sharia of Islam that he was uh, teaching people. Inshallah, we'll do these couple more hadith. Inshallah, Babu Bayanis, Babu Bayanin, Anna Sunna, or Babu Bayani, Anna Sunnata, Iraqila Lil Mustadini, Man Anta, and Yakula, and Yakula, Fulanun, 
فيسمي نفسه بما يعرف به من اسم أو كنية وكراهة قوله أنا ونحوها So the chapter regarding uh, explaining that the sunnah, if it's said to the person who's seeking permission to enter, who are you? To say so-and-so. And then he should name himself in a way that he's known by the name or by the kunya, by the honorific title that he's known. Uh, and the, the uh, uh, um, disliked, dislikedness of saying, it's me. <laughs> or something like that. عن انس رضي الله عن انس رضي الله تعالى عنه في حديثه المشهور في الاسراء قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم صعد بجبريل الى السماء الى السماء الدنيا فاستفتح فقيل من هذا قال جبريل قيل ومن معك قال محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم صعد الى السماء الثانيه والثالثه والرابعه وسائرهن ويقال في باب كل سماء من هذا فيقال جبريل متفق عليه. So this is beautiful the way that the book is put together. It shows shows the nisbah of these things that these are these sunan they're not from this world. These are the the adab and the etiquettes of the people of Jannah. These are the adab and the etiquettes of the angels. People who have no connection with that realm will never understand this. This is why a person has a barbarian mindset. This is why if you have nothing to hide, wasn't they don't they'll never understand these things. These adab come from a higher realm. That Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu he narrates in his well known hadith with regards to the night journey of the Prophet and the ascension uh, that the Messenger of Allah said, Then the angel Jibreel he he ascended he he ascended with me to the to the limit of the uh, uh, the uh, heaven of the, the lowest of the heavens, and he sought permission to cross or to enter, and it was said, "Who is this?" And he said, "Jibril." And it was asked, "Who is with you?" And and he said, "Alayhi uh, salam, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam." So that's pretty cool, right? That's why we do this stuff over here, mashallah. That's. It's the adab of the people of Jannah, right? Inshallah, you'll go to Jannah, right? Inshallah, right? So you should, all of us, inshallah. So you guys too, inshallah. Right? So you, you, you should learn the adab of, of, of that existence. That uh, uh, he was asked, who is this? And he said, Jibreel. And it was asked, who is with you? And he uh, he said, uh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then uh, he ascended to the, the second heaven and then to the third and the fourth and all of the rest of them and, and at the gate or the, 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 the limit of each of the heavens it was asked who is this and he said Jibreel alayhi salam when Sayyidina Abi Dharrin radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala kharajtu laylatan min al-layali fa'idha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yamshi wahdahu faj'altu amshi fi dhillil qamar فالتفت فرآني فقال من هذا فقلت أبو ذر متفق عليه سيدنا أبو ذر الغفاري رضي الله تعالى عنه he said I, I set out one night from, from amongst the nights and uh, I saw the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم walking alone so 
I started walking myself in the, the, in the shade of the moonlight. Meaning I went out, I, I, I went out and, and walked in the moonlight. And you do have a shade in moonlight. If you're in like the suburban waste hole that many of, uh, you know, many of us live in, you probably won't see that. But if you go like camping and stuff like that and it's a full moon, it's pretty sweet. You, much all you cast a shadow in the moonlight. It's really nice outside. Um, so, I was, so, so then I, I saw him walking alone, so I myself set out in the moonlight uh, uh, to walk. And then he turned and he looked at me and he saw me, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he said, who is this? And I said, Abu Dhar. One ummi hani'in, radiallahu ta'ala anha, qalat ataytu nabiya sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa huwa yagtasilu wa fatimatu tasturuhu. Faqala man hadihi, faqultu ana ummu hani'in muttafaqun alayhi. Ummu hani, the sister, the full sister of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anha, uh, she said, or I shouldn't say the full sister, she's the sister of Sayyidina Ali, she's the daughter of Abu Talib, I don't know for sure if she's the full sister or not. But Ummu Hani, the sister of Sayyidina Ali, she accepted Islam on the day of the Fatih. Uh, so she came to see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he was, uh, he was making ghusl and say that Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was screening him. She, had a, she was holding up a, a, a large piece of cloth to screen him from view. Um, and so she uh, entered in and he asked, who is this? And she said, this is Ummu Hani. So the Muhadab, these are the adab, also the etiquettes of the people of Quraysh, because these are noble people, mashallah. وَعَنْ سَيْدْنَا جَابِرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ عَنْهُمْ قَالَ أَتَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ فَدَقَقْتُ الْبَعْبَ فَقَالَ مَنْ ذَا فَقُلْتُ أَنَا فَقَالَ أَنَا أَنَا كَأَنَّهُ كَرِهَهَا مُتَّفَقٌ who, uh, to be fair, was probably a very young man at the time this happened. Uh, um, he, uh, uh, um, he, uh, he said, I came to the Prophet wasallam and I knocked the door. And he said, he says, uh, uh, he says who, who is this? And he said, oh, it's me. And so the Prophet wasallam says, me, me, me. <laughs> as as if he was annoyed that he said me, like as if he was like he was saying that just to express his like mild displeasure with it. Uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give us tawfiq inshallah. Sallallahu taala rasulhi sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi sallam. Are there any questions? Good. Masnoon means something that's a sunnah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you, have you taken Arabic? Yeah, I should know that. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a of 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 sunnah uh, sunnu. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. See, it's good. You yeah, ask questions right. and then stuff. Yeah. It's so funny how some stuff that should be some stuff There's no way of knowing some stuff uh, um, is like the most obvious thing in the world. But until someone tells you, you just don't know. So mm-hmm. it's good. Alhamdulillah. Barakallahu feekum. Any other questions? Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaykum.